tuned in to Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit simplecast.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Direct Message with A Creative DC. We are live on Full Service Radio. We are broadcasting from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan in Washington, DC. You can listen in every week on Wednesday at 1 p.m. and anytime at fullserviceradio.org. This weekly podcast is a dedicated dive into the A Creative DC hashtag feed. It's time spent with the people and projects who populate this city digitally and IRL. And I'm your host. I'm Morgan West. I'm founder and director of the A Creative DC Project. You may have seen A Creative DC on Instagram and Twitter. We are at A Creative DC. We're very easy to find. Uh, we also have a nearly million strong hashtag feed on social. It's filled with events and visuals and art and design and local creative economy, which is what we're going to dive into today. But most importantly, the A Creative DC hashtag feed is filled with perspective on this city. So this is our sixth episode of Direct Message on Full Service Radio. My guest today, I am so excited to introduce her, Angela Maria Spring. She is the founder of Duende District, which she describes as a highly inclusive and pleasurable general bookstore experience in Washington, D.C. and surrounding areas, serving a multicultural community with an equally multicultural ownership and staff where all are welcome. It is a a wonderful thing. I'm so happy you're here. I'm so excited to be here, Morgan. Oh, yay. So today, Angela and I are going to talk about Duende District's mission and model because it is a really interesting model. It's fascinating, actually. I can't wait to dive into that. Um, It is a quote-unquote mobile bookstore. I love that. Um, And really exciting. We're going to talk about what the last year has been like for you, Angela, because Duende District was founded in February 2017. So we're celebrating a little bit of an anniversary. God, I can't believe it's been a year. That's amazing. (laughs) Congratulations. That's good. I'm sure it feels longer and shorter at the same Mm -hmm. time. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, Well, again, just so thrilled to have you here today. Um, And, you know, I'm excited when I was doing my research for this, the one year anniversary, I was like, yes, we have such a clear narrative path for this afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Which is always nice, right? It's so helpful. Um, but so really what I'd love to do, you know, let's kind of start with the origins. Let's talk about like what brought you to the point in February, 2017, where you are launching this mobile bookstore project. So it, the idea for it kind of formulated, um, I used to, I worked in politics and purse for a long time, um, and occupied a few roles there, uh, leaving just, uh, at the end of October, 2016 as the floor manager. And for uh, people who aren't in DC, can you talk a little bit about politics and prose? Sure. Politics and prose is, it's actually probably one of the biggest books, independent bookstores on the East coast. And it's amazing. It has a wonderful reputation. It does like over 600 events a year. Um, while I was there, we had branched out into the busboys and poets locations and, uh, what had been a three person manager job turned into a one person manager job. And I sort of like helped implement the training programs and things like that. And before that, I had, you know, worked as a supervisor and a merchandise coordinator. Um, And I'd been at Politics in Person since I moved from New York City in 2010, where I used to be the Children's Barrett McNally Jackson, which is also a really wonderful independent bookstore. Um, And gorgeous, too. Not my first (laughs) radio. I've been a bookseller for almost 18 years. Incredible. (laughs) Um, So I. 
you know, it really started when I went back to visit my, uh, to visit Puerto Rico a couple years ago. I guess it's maybe three years ago now. And I hadn't been back since my grandfather's funeral. And I realized I was in this space and I felt so at home. And I was just surrounded by just everybody who they were like me they looked like me they were but they were all doing normal things and i'm from new mexico which is like one of the only majority brown states in the the country and that's pretty much what it's like at home where it's you know everybody works it's not just service jobs you know you know uh, latinos aren't just in like you know cleaning people's houses and taking that happens too but you know we're just everywhere doing normal jobs all over the place and it was really hard kind of you know if you go to upper northwest dc it's there was, you know, you don't see a lot of that. And it was really hard. And I didn't realize how much I had missed that. And I was sort of thinking, you know, I have a lot of privilege. I, um, you know, my parents are upper middle class. They worked really hard to get there. My mom came from Panama uh, when she was nine and grew up in Queens and with a single mother. And, um, you know, they were, didn't have any money. But she was really, really smart. And my grandmother really worked hard to make sure she had education. And so my mother, you know, went all the way through school and got her PhD and she's a really amazing child psychologist and then my father's a doctor and he's like literally the son of a coal miner from West Virginia mm-hmm. um, and so uh, they taught me about social responsibility and um, I realized I love being a bookseller so much you know I'm also a poet um, nothing brings me more joy than putting a book in somebody's hands talking to them about it and seeing their face light up and talk about it a lot and you'll hear that from pretty much any bookseller uh, but I realized that I wasn't really serving my community mm. and I hadn't even found my community in DC yet. And that was really distressing to me. And so I've always wanted to open a bookstore, uh, but I didn't know exactly what the mission for it would be or what kind of bookstore it would be. And I realized, especially after sort of the tumultuous, you know, year that 2016 was in regard to the election and everything that had started kind of percolating and happening. And I was like, I want to open up a bookstore that reflects me, my community, but also is truly inclusive and uplifts, you know, voices of color everywhere. Um, Because we have so much talent that we often find very underutilized. And there are very few people of color in the book industry in these sort of senior positions, very few people of color who own bookstores. Um, And I want to change that. I just, I refuse to accept the way things are. And so I was like, let's start a bookstore that you know, is is for us, by us, but where everybody feels really good being in that store. Yeah. Oh, I love it. The mission statement is just, it's just so powerful. And and, and it's so powerful, I think, in its simplicity, too. It's Mm -hmm. all are welcome. Yeah. You know, I think there's, that's as easy or as hard as you. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. You think about it. Sometimes people ask me, it's like, I, by definition, as a human being, have to be intersectional. You know, my father is white. Um, I identify as Latina. Uh, that's where most of my family is still in Panama. <laughs> um, but uh, that's important to me. That's really important. You know, the only way that we're really going to have the change that we need to have in this country is if we find ways to be truly inclusive. And so that really needed to be the backbone of what Duende District is. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, when you say that when you use the term social responsibility, I kind of love applying that to what your model here is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, inclusivity and also accessibility, of course, Mm -hmm. plays into that. So you are not you don't have one brick and mortar location. You're serving a bunch of different communities with this project. So can you talk about kind of where that stemmed from the pop? It's a series of pop ups. Yeah. So it was actually a 
I had always planned to do some pop-ups to sort of, because I'm not from D.C., and I feel very strongly that if you don't have, like, very strong ties to a specific community, then you need to go in and develop those ties. And I wasn't sure where exactly. Um, You know, I live in Columbia Heights, Mount Pleasant, and I love it, but I just moved there. And um, and I was like, I don't want to just show up on somebody's doorstep and be like, hey, here's a bookstore. Also, it's kind of weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted to make sure that the, whatever community I go to, you know, wants me there and wants a bookstore. Um, and so I was like, all right, so I'll start out and I'll do pop ups. And I was really um, in a stroke of luck. I had left PMP and in, and I finally could go to like um, my friend Sandra Beasley has uh, she runs the DC Binders book group and for women's writers and I was like I could finally go to a book group and it was amazing and while I was met there well while I was there I met Tara Campbell who's a local writer um, and she also does events for Artomatic the arts festival and she was like you know we've been looking for a startup bookstore and I was like <laughs> Sheer have you now. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, Timing. It was, yeah. So it was like literally this month of last year and it was like the beginning of the month. And I was like, all right, well, let's talk more. And we talked more. And then I ended up talking to George Cook, who was the founder. And we're like, I don't know. It was kind of, it was a frightening time for me because it was such a small amount of time that I needed to literally put together a small, like portable bookstore to build that in there. Cause I had nothing. Like I literally was just having conversations with people at this point. Um, you know, and really great conversations. Yeah, I talked to Lori at East City. I talked to um, Sherry Kiana, one of the um, owners at Sankofa, and they were actually, that conversation was huge for me. She really helped me uh, figure out what I wanted to do. I'm sure it was. Sankofa is such an institution in the oh, city. Oh, yeah. They're amazing. They are absolutely amazing. Um, and um, she helped me think about, like, you know, what kind of space do I really want to create? You know, how, 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 you know, what kind of welcoming deal do I want to have? And that was, like, a huge conversation for me. But uh, I was like, oh, my God. And it just happened <laughs> that <laughs> everything sort of happened organically. Uh, it's funny because, like, I think about how we were in contact with each other. And it started here where um, I have somebody who's a big supporter of me at a big publisher who mentioned what I was doing at AWP last year to Kickstarter. And then Kickstarter reached out to me like literally around the same time period saying, Hey, we love what you're doing. Are you thinking about doing a crowdfunding campaign? And I was like, actually, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And here's the deadline. Um, It's amazing. And that was amazing. And through Kickstarter, you know, I got to uh, meet Gloria Edom. Phenomenal. Yep. Woman unbelievable founder of well-read black girl um and was also where so she helped me with my campaign she and margo um helped me build that entire kickstarter campaign at artomatic and through glory i met morgan so (laughs) that was like in you know down the road and here we are and here we are Mm -hmm. and i had i think still my most successful pop-up with a creative dc in brooklyn well that was just such a thrill for us it was so like oh my god i can't believe it was only two weeks they were totally We'll do it again. It's going to be longer. We're going to do it again. <laughs> and we're going to talk more about that, too. So let's... So I... Oh, I love this. It seems like it's just the universe kind of unrolled itself before you. I think telling you Duende District needed to happen mm-hmm. <laughs> because it kind of brought yeah. you the tools that you were then able to kind of capitalize on and, and you know, really bring this thing to fruition. Yeah. So your very first pop-up post, you know, successful crowdfunded Kickstarter campaign was in March, late March of 2017. So, uh, so what I, I did the, I did kind of a weird thing. I, I basically like put everything on credit. So, and then I built, 
which I was luckily able to do. There's that privilege, right? Where you, you, if you have a bit of that financial privilege, you're able to do that. Um, and it wasn't like, it's not like I have a ton, but I have enough. Um, and, uh, and then I did the Kickstarter campaign. Where I was like, I'm here. This is what I've built. And now I just need to like, actually it, it's for future, yeah. you know, pop-ups. And also like, we need to like pay the bills to, <laughs> to do this. Which by the way, also, I feel like so many times you hear like, biz, you know, people in business are like, you know, don't do that. Don't put everything on your credit card, but you kind of, you know, I don't want to like encourage anyone either way, but I mean, it's kind of, you get to the point where you're like, well, then what the fuck am I supposed yeah, to do? What am I supposed to do? Like, I can't just sit here and wait for the money to arrive. Like, And that's like the, the linchpin of what I talk about and what I've really tried to talk about uh, with within the larger bookstore industry. And I do a lot of advocacy um, is like I have a huge amount of student loan debt. So I'm not the like you think about like I'm 36 and probably one of the first millennials. Right. Uh, this is a, this is definitely a millennial problem. But the, we have tons and tons of student loan debt how are we going to build our businesses? Right. This, this is something that people aren't really thinking about right now, but come 10 years down the line, we can't walk into a bank and get a loan. You know, that we've got like these weights behind, you know, that we're dragging. Yeah. And many of us don't really own assets. We don't have homes, things like that. I was able, like we had like a little bit of a nest egg that I was able to, you know, bring over. But, um, that's like that's a big deal so i completely agree where it's like you know if you're gonna do it you just need to do it but but think smart you know how am i gonna recoup this money and and be very deliberate about it but yeah you can't you gotta sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta gotta do to get started yeah and i do think it's really smart to kind of loop in this the new media crowdfunding Mm -hmm. source so so so, so that's it. Max out your credit cards and go on Kickstarter. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Thank you. Taken. Suggest and taken. Um, so that got you to Artomatic. And so Artomatic is this, it's like basically every year they kind of take over a building mm-hmm. and it's DIY art. People go in and hang their own art and it just becomes this like multi-level experience. And you guys are in there. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. And I had never been to Artomatic. I had heard about it before, but um, it, yeah, it's just like you said, it's this completely because like they hang their art, but they're also doing like, you know, events. They're doing, you know, multidisciplinary things. Um, and I happened like my space was located right across from like the automatic gift shop and I was still figuring things out. I thought it was really fun because the way that I did it with Kickstarter is like you're going to get to see a bookstore being bird like in live time. <laughs> um, and so I just tried to like do as many different types of things using. We're workshopping we're this. We're workshopping this. Um, and another really key thing that I wanted that I liked with the crowdfunding aspect was that it's really important for me to sort of uh, you when you're building your bookstore so many people don't build it like both from the ground up and online and physically mm. and it was really important to me to like make sure that we had an online presence and I say this I say this a lot to like different booksellers it's like it doesn't mean that you need to have all of your books for sale on yeah. your website right away it just means that you need to be doing something complimentary because this is the world we live in and customers expect for you to be online and you maybe just pick one or two different things that you do and do them well. Um, you know, you don't even, I'm, you know, I was able to like do Twitter, Facebook and um, Instagram and figure out how to like do that just cause that's like, that's what I wanted to do. But maybe you only do Twitter really well. So just do Twitter, just do it really well and make, just make sure your website's like fresh and up to date. That's really it that you need to do and so but I like doing coupling like both of these ideas of like doing online things um and 
building it like both physically so they get to see the physical aspect as they're doing the crowdfunding campaign but then we also have like a really big online aspect and yeah you do have a big presence on there and I think that I mean honestly that's such I just feel like that's just great universal creative mm-hmm. advice I mean it's just people need to be able to find you mm-hmm. and you know sometimes you know especially you're in different places all the time like where <laughs> yeah no exactly yeah because I, I like to joke and I say people ask me where I'm located I'm like everywhere and nowhere (laughs) (laughs) it's accurate it's accurate oh my gosh okay so so that was really the first pop-up for you was automatic and then you've done a few you've had a you've had so many kind of big collaborations was Lamano really the next Lamano was the next big one like I did a couple other events I did like festivals and stuff um but Lamano was originally just going to be a one month uh I'm so sad they're moving out of their space I saw that so Lamano's in Tacoma Park and it's it's this little little tiny coffee shop it hurts me inside I love Javier Javier is the best um he and his family are amazing and he's so good at what he does so I hope wherever he lands it's going to be awesome Um, But, you know, he used to own Modern Times, which was the cafe in politics and prose. And so we'd known each other for years. And he came to visit me at Artomatic. And he was like, this is awesome. Let me, you know, like, let's collaborate on something. And so we originally were just going to do a one month pop up in July. But it was going so well, even though it was like it was such a tiny little space. Yeah. Uh, But it it was so fun. And people were like getting into it. And it was doing really well. And I was like, you know, I have to go back to New Mexico for like most of August. But I mean, it's self-sustaining and the the staff was willing to like ring things up. I was like, do you just want to keep it there for another month? And he was like, yeah, let's do it. And so it ended up being a six week pop up and it was really, really great. It's amazing. And this is the first time, you know, just to kind of fill everyone this for me, this was the first time I had seen Duende District in action and you would walk into this little coffee shop and there were just, I mean, it's just testament, I think, to the strength of the project that like you can you can feel at home in, in Artomatic, like mm-hmm. alongside all of these artists and performances and things that are happening. And then you go into this little coffee shop and the bookshelves and, you know, stacks of Black Panther comics and like <laughs> nothing yeah. is out of place there. So, I mean, I think that's, it's just, again, just sort of testament to people need this. Yeah. And you can put it anywhere. You can put it anywhere. My friend Jamie, um, who works in publishing, she talks about like, it's almost like it is the immigrant experience in a bookstore. Because <laughs> you kind of just like, which is That's really, cool. I love that because like, yeah. I am, you know, being from the immigrant community in like, uh, like, yeah, because you could put it anywhere and like work it in and it's representative and you can tailor it to like anywhere you go um you just need to have somebody who knows what they're doing and I was like I've been grooming myself for the last <laughs> 17 years to be that bookseller for you DC so it's like so yeah you can do stuff like I like with that. Lomano it's a neat analogy it is like but then you think about like or like organic things this is really what I was meant to do I realized this now I had no idea that this is what it was leading up to but this is what needs to happen I love that uh so Gosh, I kind of want to talk a little bit more about your social media stuff before we sure. keep talking about pop-ups, um, because the next pop-up was actually at a Creative DC Brooklyn. It was, and it was amazing. And we the social, it. in our social media aspect, just like skyrocketed because oh, working so with you, Morgan, and the, cre- the Creative DC team was amazing. And because you guys have your social media game just on point, and I learned so much from you. Oh, so well, that was like huge. Well, I'm glad, but you know, please know that. I, I could not run a bookstore <laughs> if my life depended on it. But damn it, I can tweet. 
<laughs> so true. I loved our giveaways. Our giveaways were fantastic. That was really fun. So good. So look, we're talking about pop-ups and we're talking about social media. Yeah. But I mean, you've got, you've, you've done such a good job with it. And I want to read a tweet that you sent off today because again, research, it's always so nice to have these podcast guests because really I just get to catch up with my friends. <laughs> um, so we're going <laughs> to, before we get to break, I'm going to read Angela's tweet today. Um, and then when we come back from break, we're going to dive into how she uses social media. Um, but today she tweeted, we lovingly encourage writers slash publications slash media to replace the word marginalized with representative sunglasses, smiley face emoji, peace sign, <laughs> heart, hashtag, todos las voces. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's very good. But you guys have like a whole set of kind of hashtags and things that you are utilizing social media to not even just promote this project, but to really pr- promote the mission behind it and what the change that you know you need to see to continue to work in this industry. Yeah, yeah. It, it was also important to me that I wanted this to not only be local, but to be a national idea. A lot of it is, you know, we're supporting each other as a community, but that community is so beyond just our local communities. It is all over, you know, and I think being, you know, such a deep part of the New Mexico community helps because I can see, you know, those parts um, of the country as well. But, uh, you know, this is also to sort of push back on publishing, which does not have a lot of representation as people of color and senior positions, editorial positions, things like that, and say, we're here and we are a big voice and we have spending power and we have literary cachet. So it's, uh, it was really important that social media be absolutely a part of what Duende District, you know, was and is. Uh, and that's your platform. That's how you reach as many communities as you want to. And to, you still have a specific community that you're reaching, which, of course, is, you know, very specifically the like writers of color, book influencers of color, um, you know, other bookstores that focus on, you know, people of color, uh and so you're able to sort of target that, but but really it's also a way to bring everybody together as well. And you know, I think there are a lot of people out there that feel like they're doing things advocating for the um, industry, but they feel a little like not, you know, kind of by themselves in a lot of way. Um, and we're really lucky in that we started, we're starting to have um, things like POC and publishing, Latinx and publishing, these kinds of uh, groups that are run by really wonderful people. Um, you know, we're starting to do collaborations with Latinx and publishing, which I'm really excited about. Which That's are, very cool. Yeah, I'm like super excited about that. Um, but I'm starting to see more of a, a cohesion of these, you know, different types of the specific community, the different areas of it. Uh, so you have like the publishing area. And now I'm trying to sort of like spearhead the, the bookstore area. And then there's the, I call them book, book influencers, you know, like people who blog, who do podcasts, mm-hmm. you know, YouTube channels, uh, you know, Instagram, book reviews, things like that. Um, and I have another project called One Day for All that's sort of uh, I'm working on building a platform to kind of bring all of these people in under one umbrella because then we can not only be a really big voice that has a lot more influence, but uh, also we'll have a home together. Oh, I love it. Angela, we're so lucky to have you in D.C. Oh, we really are. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, so we're going to hug uh, during the break. Um, <laughs> but just to catch you guys up, we've been chatting with Angela Maria Spring. She is founder of Duende District. When we come back from the break, we're going to chat about some of her, maybe some of your favorite titles you have in store right now. Ooh, we're yeah. going to talk about um, a few more of her pop-ups from 2017, and we are going to dive all into her current pop-up happening right now in the Columbia Heights neighborhood. This is uh, this is a direct message with the Creative DC. We'll be back. Music is by Kido, K-I-E-D-O, on SoundCloud. As you know, you're listening to Direct Message. We'll be right back. Everybody, welcome back to Direct Message with the Creative DC. I am Morgan West. I am talking today with Angela Maria Spring. Hi, Angela. Hello. Oh, we're so excited to be having this conversation. Um, we got into all things Duende District before the break. We talked about, you know, what really brought Angela to the point where she knew that she needed to make a representative bookstore that was inclusive and welcome, welcoming to all. Um, it seemed by you know by all accounts it, it's been such a success and I think the community reception has really just been something so phenomenal so you know we talked about how she did her first pop-up in Artomatic which was in Arlington yes yeah and then City, yeah. her second uh, at Lamano Cafe is was in um, Tacoma, Tacoma Park, Park. And then a Creative DC Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So you got to spend some time in the Brooklyn neighborhood too. And after that, I did Hyattsville. I was yeah. uh, in partnership with the mayor. Yeah, the mayor's of office Hyatt. invited you. That was so cool. How special is that? That was amazing. Candace Hollingsworth is like, she is amazing. Oh. Such a pretty, like, everybody should just check her out and follow her on Twitter. That's so she's great. like the future of mayors. <laughs> oh, I love that. So you've really, you've kind of, you've been all over the place. Um, and one place that, so I think ultimately here I want to talk about community reception, but I think it's really important to talk about um, your pop-up with Mahogany Books. Yes. So they are the first booksellers in Anacostia in, what, 30 years or something? I think it's, it's 20? nearly 20 years. Okay, 20 yeah. years. Yeah, so t- please tell us all about that. So that that has this is a project of my heart where um, uh, I almost feel like Duende District is just a little piece of it, but uh, Mahogany Books, which is owned by Derek and Ramonda Young, uh, they've been, they're, uh, experienced booksellers themselves uh they worked at they both worked at Kribu books uh i mean so like deep dc bookselling roots and they uh are entrepreneurs together they built mahoganybooks.com mahogany uh, books is named after their daughter mahogany uh and they had had that going for i think almost 10 years and the anacostia arts center which is a really wonderful place had approached 
me and them and I think a couple other people at one point because they had a space opening up and they really, really wanted to have a bookstore. I love that. They were super into it. They were willing to kind of work out. So we like what the logistics were and what it could be. And, um, and so they brought us in and I was talking about it and they brought uh, me and Derek together to sort of talk about it and share our visions and what, you know, what we're thinking about. And, you know, I love him. He's amazing. He is also the future of bookselling. Derek Young is the future of bookselling. Too. Oh, so uh, love that. Cause that's the thing too. I mean, you know, they, they've been building this online they, business yeah, for forever. Yeah, so talk been, about like, their online that. and they've been doing, they're so strong at events. Too. Yeah, they do wow. a lot of offsite events, these really, really big ones. Um, so for me, it was like, not only did I get to partner with these amazing people, these amazing community members, uh, but I also got to, uh, you know, I'm going to get to learn from them about how to do these kinds of events. Um, and the, so it sort of, we, we negotiated, it's going to be, it was a, the main thing is the Mahogany Books and then Dornay District is a permanent uh, pop-up partner in it. They specialize in books buying about the African diaspora and then I bring in all of the other POC voices. Uh, so that's really cool and we really want to take the opportunity as well to sort of you know, build kind of bridge, bridge programs, especially with the Latinx community and other communities of color. Uh, with Anacostia, which is primarily an African-American community. Um, But I'm just happy that this community is getting a bookstore that is so dedicated to everything that, you know, they are. That's exactly what a bookstore should be. Um, And it's beautiful, you know, uh, it's, it's, I'm in there on Tuesdays and Thursdays, um, but it's just like a beautiful space. And the art center is really fantastic. Yeah, Anacostia Art Center is a really special place. So besides Mahogany Books and and of course the Duende District pop up within, there's mm-hmm. you know there's boutiques over there mm-hmm. and there's rotating art galleries and shows yeah. and it's just a, it's a neat little yeah. Part they of the always city. have an art show. They always have. Um, it's always fantastic. They had this Star Wars themed art show in December, <laughs> and I was all, "This is the best thing ever." <laughs> In December, it was December when Mahogany Books opened. So uh, Mahogany Books opened. We opened right at like the very last week of November. We, we, okay, it was kind of a soft opening for it was a couple like a months. Black Friday situation. Yeah, it was a Black Friday yeah, situation. Okay. We wanted to be open for the holidays, but we were still definitely very much in progress. Um, and then we just had the grand opening, the big grand opening this past weekend. So, so exciting. Very exciting. Wow. Well, congrats on that. Well, thank you. And very cool. So yeah, so you know, you're serving these different neighborhoods by by, you know, rocking this mobile bookstore concept. Um, and Columbia Heights is the latest one. It is. Um, so I am so excited to uh, partner with Bloom Bars, which is a community arts organization that is donation-based. Um, and everybody should support them. And they do amazing events. And John Chambers, who runs it, is just a fantastic guy. And we had met in the summer. And we kind of, it was another one of those organic things where literally two different people had sort of, and you need to talk to John. I had done an event with Gary Kay, who is mm-hmm. a local poet and is also the uh, poetry coordinator at Bloom Bars. And she had come and done a reading with us for Tommy Pico when we were in Bethesda. We had a one-week pop-up at the Writer's Center. Uh, and I love Gary. She's amazing. Uh, and she was like, we'd love to do something like this at Bloom Bars. And so she emailed John, and John got back to me, and we went and we met because I just lived down the street, and we're like, let's do this. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) The event space is great. And so we're on the second floor. And um, I started with a Creative DC, the Duende District Artist in Residence program, because I was like, why not? We're here to uplift voices of color, and I love artists, and I started at Artomatic. So I met, you know, I met a lot of artists, but I also felt like it, 
I wanted to blend it into the fabric of what Duende District was doing. Which is such a cool element of it. Super cool. Um, uh, so uh, Sammy Miranda, who I've actually, I did a poetry reading with in Hyattsville as part of another thing. He is a local poet and artist, and I asked him if he wanted to, you know, be the resident artist, and he was into it. Amazing. And so he just put up just the, his, his paintings are amazing. So everybody should go even just, just to see his art, but then there's the little bookstore oh, in there as well. I love that. Do you have, um, speaking of which, do you have up on your Instagram? So you guys can follow along oh, all yes. over social media, but they are at Duende District, all one word. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can really see, I mean, it's great. You know, your Instagram kind of mixes, you know, sometimes it's book covers and a lot of times it's like bookshelves and the different places that you're at. And so you should wait, let's get some of his art up there. Oh yeah. I know. <laughs> you know, at your leisure. <laughs> I did. We'll get some of his art. I did like a little video <laughs> teaser. We are going to do a reception with him. So, so exciting. We'll definitely have, and then I'll be carrying his, he just had a chapbook come out departure. Uh, and I'll be getting those in as well. Oh, so, so exciting. Can find it. So Super. definitely stay tuned to Duende District social media um, because you are great about letting people know what you have coming up, which sounds like it should be a no brainer, but sometimes it's really hard to get the information out when you're like planning the event and producing the event and doing all the logistics. Sometimes you kind of forget to tell people it's happening, but you yes. don't. You're good at that. I know. It's like, how do I? It's, you know, I was having a really interesting conversation with somebody who talked about how there are so many literary events that are happening in the DMV area now that it rivals, if not is bigger than New York City. And I think that that's true. You know, we're, we're having a really, you know, big revival of small bookstores. You think like Solid State Books is opening up and they're really great. I'm friends with them. You know, East City opened up. Um, you, you, Mahogany Books is here now. So in addition to like all of the other uh, you know, programs and organizations that are doing literary based events as well. So at any given time, um, on any night in the city, you, you can see an author <laughs> in addition to politics and prose, which literally has one of the biggest events wow. programs for a bookstore in the country. So, you know, people, it's, it's like rich land of yeah. author events. What a neat thing. Yeah. So it had and a point of pride. I think we should all be really proud of that. We totally that that's should happening be proud in of that. I think we, we should absolutely be proud of that. And especially now that we're getting these smaller stores that are coming into communities that haven't really had author events before. Um, and I know Mahogany Books and Duende District will be doing lots of events as we look into the, the year developing. So that'll definitely be happening in Anacostia. We've already done some events there that have been really great. Um, and then of course, when they district, well, you know, I'm doing a lot of events at bloom bars and you know, I've got some of them planned now, but I'm trying to think about what is the experience for an event since there's so many happening, mm. you know, why is, why would, why would you want to go to Duende district or mahogany books for like a specific events? And Derek's thinking a lot about that as well. Um, so it's like, what kind of different events can we have? So yeah. I was thinking, you know, if I was going to do a book group and so we were launching our latinx book group you know how do i want to do that and i talked to you know gabriel fuentes author of uh, the sleeping world which is a novel just came out in paperback this mm. um it's been out before but it's out in paperback now um she lives in the columbia heights mount pleasant area i was like first of all your local awesome community um, <laughs> our whole tagline is like let's build community because it's all about connecting everybody um, I was like, let's do something kind of different. And so she's going to do like a little mini craft talk, fiction Aww. craft talk, plus a writing exercise. Amazing. And I love that. I was like, yeah, that's really cool. It's like amazing. And then I think um, 
we're going to start uh, partnering with Latinx and Publishing to do live streams of mm. those events. So we have. Oh, brilliant. I know it's great. And then we're always thinking on two planes. Angela. Two planes. Well, you got <laughs> to do it. You got to do it. You got to think like, OK, well, we're reaching our community here. But then how do we reach our wider community yeah. as well? Um, and I also because because I have such strong New York City roots as well, um, you know, going to grad school there, working there. And then also, um, you know, super, like on the Puerto Rican side, it's New York and <laughs> um, and my mom growing up in Queens, <laughs> Panama. Um, uh, so, uh, and then I think about like my community and my familia in New Mexico and I'm like, I want them to be able to be a part of this as well. And so it'd be really cool if we can like live stream this on Facebook and they can be able, cause they, they, they're so supportive of Duende District. Of course. And, but they're so far away from it yeah. right now. It's okay. I'm going to bring it to them. <laughs> oh, I love that. And that's what's so, you know, I think too, there's just like this really kind of nice, metaphor whatever for dc in there too so you know i think for as much as kind of those of us in creative creative economy or creative community or those of us who who don't feel represented by the federal government you Mm -hmm. know i think we're so easy to kind of like push aside the whole like nation's capital thing here yes (laughs) but i think when you kind of come when you come to things like you know when you're when you frame it like that that's something i embrace about dc i think the things that we do here should absolutely look be accessible to everyone in the entire country and i think that's why it's so important that you are working so hard to like raise visibility not just for your project but for like the what is behind the project and the the thought and the meaning and the necessity of it and you know you're utilizing all the channels you have to really put that out so as many people can be affected by it as possible absolutely so thanks for doing that well thank you what you I, I think you're doing really amazing things with Creative DC as well. And I really, it's really important to me that people, people really think about DC as a city that's just got this Capitol Hill and all the whatever. It doesn't even matter what side you want. Everybody's like, the politicians are corrupt and it's weird. And I'm like, that's not even the city that we live in. The city we live in is so culturally rich and such an amazing place with so many amazing communities that come together. And if you know what you do with the creative DC and what I do with Duende District, if that helps reach other people so that they see what the real, you know, beauty of DC is, not just politics. I mean, yes, there's lots of politics, um, both locally, local DC government, and uh, you know, national politics. But we are, you know, we are a leader. We're literary and artistic leader in this country, and we should celebrate that and project it outward as much as possible. And that's why I'm really excited to collaborate, especially with New York City, which is kind of considered like the literary capital yeah. of America. I'm like, let's bring it all together and tie it in, and you know, we can all sort of reap the benefits of that. Oh, well, just stand up and start applauding. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Oh, that's so perfect. Um, Gosh, yeah, usually we kind of end with like, what do you, you know, what do you need people to know about your creative DC? What, what do you need people to know about this place? And you did it. You took care of that. Very cool. That was beautiful. So I do want to, Angela has a stack of books in front of me. And so I would be, you know, I would be bereft if I did not ask her to kind of walk us through what she brought. And I think that'll be a lovely way to kind of wrap this show up today Very with some cool. book recommendations from the, the bookseller. Ooh. I like being the bookseller. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I brought a, a handful. I uh, brought The Sleeping World, which uh, we have for sale, and everybody should come. You should read it. It's like this really moody, gritty, awesome novel that's set in Spain um, in the 70s after, like, uh, sort of the revolution. And, uh, and Gabrielle's just an amazing writer. It's so what I needed right now, too, because it's, it's just everything. So come do that, and she's going to be here on February, join at Bloom Bars on February 25th. Um, from four to six and doing her little craft talk 
uh, and you'll, you know, we can do questions and things like that. So that's going to be really fun. But then I also brought uh, a few of our winter favorites, mm. um, all by women of color, because I, that's what I read. <laughs> I read a lot of women of color. Um, so I brought um, kind of three examples. The first one was uh, I'm really excited about Halsey Street by Nama Coster which it just came out last month and she it was our fiction pick of the month and we are actually going to be hosting her at Mahogany Books on April 7th. Oh, so exciting. I know, I'm very excited. Spring but things. Spring things. And it's a really wonderful novel. It's her debut novel. Um, it's about going home and how home changes. Uh, it's set uh, in bed story. And, and, you know, the, the character, the main character, she goes has to go home because her dad is sort of you know, aging and failing and, uh, and she had left and she was happy, you know, in Pittsburgh, but sometimes you got to go home and take care of your peeps, you know, that's your family. Um, but she goes home to a neighborhood that she doesn't recognize anymore. And it's the sort of the story of not only family, family ties, but also what happens when gentrification completely takes over your home and you don't even know what it is anymore. And that's something that like, I think it touches a lot of our hearts, especially in D.C. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think that that's, it's just a really wonderful novel. Um, and then the, the second one was also our January um, favorite for nonfiction, and it's Morgan Jerkins' This Will Be My Undoing, and it's essays, and she's amazing. Um, everybody should, if you read essays, just read this. She's such a brilliant writer, and um, she digs in about you know what it's like growing up you know, as a black woman, um, especially young black women in this culture. And, sh- and she just goes into everything, all of the things from like pop culture, you know, how, how you feel alienated from certain things. And she has this whole essay on um, being a, a middle school, like trying out for middle school cheerleading <laughs> and like what that means, especially when you're just, you're not like anybody else there. Um, and I thought that was really great because I, for a hot second, I also tried out and for the middle school cheerleading thing, and it was a very similar experience. <laughs> but she, she's got, you know, she she writes with humor, but she also writes with strength and gravitas, and she is just really bro- such a wonderful, shiny new talent. So definitely check that out. I uh, also, I also gotta say, I have not read this book, but I follow her on Twitter, and it is like a very, it's a good experience. I recommend that to everyone. A, yes, follow her on Twitter. She is she is for on fire on Twitter. Yeah, so Absolutely. Good. It was really funny because we were in her um, I was in her at HarperCollins this past summer for something and I had her galley, her arc, and I asked her to sign it for me. She goes, This is the first time I've signed this book. And I was like, What? That's amazing. <laughs> but then literally right afterward, Elizabeth Acevedo, and everybody should know who Elizabeth Acevedo is. She is our local poet extraordinaire. She's a national poetry slam uh, champion. She's coached the DC Youth Slam team. Um, she, she has so, we have her poetry book, Beast Girl, uh, out, and she's got an amazing teen uh, verse novel coming out next month, and we will have her at Bloom Bars as well. Mm. Uh, but I, she also like I, I asked her to sign a couple galleys because we're going to do a giveaway, and she goes, "This is the first time I'm signing this book too." And I was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's like, "How?" Like, okay. Um, so yeah, definitely Very get cool. this. Will be my undoing. And then the last one I brought was Heartberries by Teresa Mar- uh, Marie Melhot, and it's a memoir, and it's really wonderful. And she's Native American from can- uh, Canada, and it's just just it's a slim, stunning memoir about um sort of like her relationship 
with this man and her children and how she ends up having to go, you know, check herself into the mental hospital because she has bipolar disorder. Um, and she keeps a notebook. And from that notebook sprung this just stunning, um, kind of like an experimental memoir. It's not super, super narrative. Um, but she writes so beautifully. And it, mm. I just like read it and just couldn't stop reading it two hours, two, three hours. Um, and it just touched everything inside of me. So, so that, that's sort of a sampling of what we've got. We've Amazing. got other things. I do have men. I, <laughs> I swear I carry books by men. <laughs> um, and you're inclusive. I am totally inclusive. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when you go to Dorney district and what, what the thing is, is that, uh, everything you'll find there's like 98% all by POC authors. Wonderful. Well, thanks for those recommendations. And thank you so much for just coming on today and sharing all this. You're just, this is such an important project, I think on so many different levels. And it is just every time I talk to you about her, every time I kind of dive back in the twin day district pool i am constantly just amazed by it so thank you so much well thank you so much for having me on morgan yeah buddy oh (laughs) all right good talk good talk uh guys that's it for this week um you guys can follow along duendedistrict.com at duendedistrict on all of the relevant social media channels and this has been direct message so you can listen to us weekly we'll be back next wednesday at 1 p.m if you want to catch us live uh, but we're on fullserviceradio.org anytime we are also at instagram twitter and facebook at a creative dc online at a creative This project would not exist without perspective outside of our own. And we are so grateful to be able to take these weekly dives into the Creative DC hashtag feed. Big thanks to our new partners at Full Service Radio and Jack Inslee, our producer. You can follow along with them at fullserviceradio.org, at fullserviceradio on Instagram, and at fullserviceRDO on Twitter. Until next week, I am Morgan West, and this has been Direct Message with Creative DC. Bye, guys. This song and the earlier theme song, both by Flash Frequency, local DC producer. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, DC. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on Mixcloud.com slash Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at fullserviceRDO on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.